Welcome to the Kavod Family Podcast. Kavod Family exists for the restoration of families and the transformation of communities. All right, guys. Good morning. This is Travis Shook on the Kavod Family Podcast. We've got Casey today and Tom. Tom Miller is another one on our board. He is the one with all the wisdom that keeps us in line. <laughs> Tom is. He's that father figure we all love who does. He tends to keep us in line, doesn't he? Welcome, Tom. It's a full-time job to keep well, us in line. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Tom won't talk about himself, but I will. We love Tom because Tom has... At least as long as I've heard and known Tom, he's poured into men and helped them grow and become better men. That's In the short, that's what I'll put it as. Uh, he has been a part of raising up a lot of young men and helping them work through their family issues, their marriage, their own private life, their walk with the Lord, and, and, and in all ways become just better men. And so we've we've grown to love Love Tom. <laughs> and it's not ironic that we're having him on for this episode <laughs> at all. So guys, um, in the intro, you guys know Kavod Family exists for the restoration of families and the transformation of communities. And we've dabbled in on different episodes on what does that look like? How do we do that? And we, we kind of dig in to some applicable ways to actually restore the family and to transform the community. And we believe Transforming the, transforming the community starts with the family, and we believe that restoring the family starts with the man. So we kind of wanted to hit hit that subject today. We've dabbled into patriarch and kind of what that looks like, but we wanted to to even zoom in deeper and get back to the a base level of what is a man? Yeah, what what is a man? What does that look like? What what is it not? What does the Bible say? Like what does the world say? Where where do we fit in with this now? Yeah, so gentlemen, tune in. I'm glad you're here with us because what seems like such a simple question and such a simple answer, uh, because of culture, because of time, because of where we're living and, and the things that are going on around us, it is not easy to define, right? Can you imagine? If you were to Google search that right now. What is a man? I'm not going to do it. Don't make me do it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, listen, uh, I did it just to help you out. <laughs> you would. And uh, and it's a scary, it's just a scary thing. They have redefined uh, what a man is. And so, um, so be warned. And, and I think that's the... They, that's the, the killer here, they, there's so many different de- definitions of what a man is that you can't nail one down. And right. and, and so many different, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Expertise, professional, like there's doctors, <laughs> there's mat- there's all these people with credentials saying different things. Yeah. So if, if you don't have a, a governing source, someone that you look to, a master's in biology, or yeah, or or <laughs> Jesus, you're you're gonna be everywhere, everywhere in your life trying to figure this out because God set up a a order, God set up a a function on how structure, how life should be. Yes, and if you don't understand that, or or someone hasn't taught you or showed you, I'm sorry, you're gonna be everywhere. With people who look like they truly know what they're doing and what they're saying and have degrees and money and success, but like, you could be off in left field in a hurry. Sir, if somebody came up to me and I was, let's say, on the street just walking and somebody came up and shoved a microphone in my face and said, what is a man? I would honestly have to sit there and think about it for a while (laughs) because, uh, because I'm... I don't know what he means by that because they may have an agenda or they may have some purpose in in saying that. Um, I mean, I certainly know what a man is. All I have to do is look down. But (laughs) my my point 
being is that um, what is a what is a man as far as like why are why is there men and why is there women and so I I think one of the things I wanted to bring up was that like God shows or depicts himself as a male okay and so uh, we know that he does that because all through Scripture he does that and he does in the face of Jesus Christ and so. Um, I love that, by the way. I love that all that maleness, but I'm a male, so it's easy for me to do that. But the thing is that the Bible never says that God is a male. He's just depicted. He's shown himself as a male in Scripture, as but fa- he doesn't figure. say right. So, so if he's this infinite God, which he is, then he transcends sexuality. He transcends male and female, and so we really only are left with three choices, and that's either male, female, or an it. And as we said a few minutes ago, he couldn't be an it because you can't have a personal relationship with it. You can't relate it. with that. You can't yeah. relate at all. So so it is out, but there's other reasons. You know, I mean, it was the Hebrew Bible that introduced us to the one true living God, right? Well, in the Hebrew language, the... the, um, the, the um, the neuter noun is not in Hebrew language. Right. Like you would find in Greek or in other languages. Right. So, so right there, um, if he chose to use the Hebrews uh, to uh, proclaim his message, um, he had to um, or decided to make himself either male or female. So why, why male and not female? And I think that's ultimately the question because we – know that he had a purpose and a plan in mind and it was perfect and so um and so he created adam and he went on down the line all the disciples i mean it wasn't that the disciples didn't have help i mean don't get me wrong we know that women were had a very important role uh in the time that jesus lived yeah let's let's just say this before we get down the weeds because people will turn this thing off and crucify us if we're not clear with our words. This is not a discussion over the value or worth of a person. Right. Male, female, uh, son, daughter, child, adult. This is not a discussion on whether or not you are valuable and whether or not you have purpose. Absolutely you do. In fact, I think what this is a conversation is to go even farther and say, However, God did create you. When, when he created you as male, it was purposeful, and he had a reason behind it. And there's even more value in the fact that he gave you distinctions from the opposite sex. And so both men and women, we value tremendously. Uh, but there is a uniqueness to men, just like there's a uniqueness to women, that we don't want to erase. We don't want to change that. Yes, it's and not. And culture is trying to muddy that. It's it, not one is more valuable than the other, but one naturally has different roles, different traits, different qualities than the other. Oh, we see this in everything in life. If you get on a dance floor and see two people <laughs> dancing, there's a lead and there's somebody that's following, right? We see this. Everywhere you look, there's this complimenting nature. There's this, there's this headship and follow. There's this, you, you know, give and receive. I'll put it that way. And in that kind of relationship is a better life than just having two people running next to each other in the same direction. Exactly. It's, it's, it's uh, the, more enjoyable. The, the dance analogy is perfect because if they're both leading, you're not dancing. 
You know, you're, you're in chaos. And if they're both following, it's the same thing. Somebody has to follow. Somebody has to lead. Doesn't make one more important than the other, but in order for the—see, we have an ordered God. He's a God of order. And so he made us to love order. And even take that dance analogy, here's the beauty in it, in this. If you look like look at a good dance partner, who's who's leading you, the men, right? And who's being shown off? Who is dancing in a way where you watch it and you go, "Wow, that's incredible. That's beautiful." Who is it? Yeah. It's, it's the woman. It's right. The Usually. woman is the one that, with the sparkles you, and the glitter and the movement. It's in a awesome. Few, a few episodes ago how at most of these ball dances and stuff, the black men, tie venues. Yes, yeah. the man is in the same thing as all the other men, but it's a chance to portray the woman to be this beautiful. She is exalted. She is lifted up when it's done right. I'm when not. It's done well. I'm not saying that women. I'm not saying that men all do it right. This is why we're getting on here to <laughs> teach and to lead and to expose that. But the the idea of this is that the man lifts his wife up and loves her like. Christ loved us. Right. And this might sound repetitive. If you followed along with this podcast, you might be like, guys, why are you why are you talking about this subject again and again and again? And the reason is, is because this is so crucial to our identity. You know, identity is is so important. When you figure out who you are and why God made you and what he made you for, and the essence that he did make you a male, like you can't separate your identity from in this life from maleness or femaleness. You just can't. Those are the two options. And so in order for me to live out my best life with the Lord, I have to do that as a man. That's the way he made me. And I'm responsible to live out that life as a man. I I, I can't just change that or... or, No. You you know what I mean? Based on how you feel, you cannot change that. And so the beauty in that is that you get to look to all men and collectively we get to look each other in the eyes and say, gentlemen... This is a commission that God has given to us. You don't get to choose. You get to rally and pick up this responsibility this way, and we're going to go after it together. That's awesome. There's purpose. No more feely, feely, what am I living for? It's given to you. Here's here's the plan. Like This is what you were for. And, and that's what we want to keep pushing for, for our listeners is God made you with a purpose, male and female. Well, to stay on the subject, so... Why did God choose to depict himself or speak in masculine terms? I mean, that's, that's really one of our, our issues here. And so I, I made three points. One, God was making a good world. That was his point. He wanted to make a good world, right? Number two, it can only be achieved by making good people. Yeah. Okay? And then three, and this is a little more controversial— the people who commit nearly all the world's violence are males. So now that kind of throws the wrench into the whole thing. And so then, therefore, it's essential that God is depicted as masculine. So then the question is, why? Why? And so I have some, I have some thoughts, and that would be without a father, without a rule giver, okay, then young men are more likely— to uh, cause great harm. Mm-hmm. In other words, we're talking about the importance of a father in the family. Your sons, my sons, would be more apt to do great harm without some male influence in their life that would be willing to set down the rules and sacrifice himself a little bit 
and and communicate with the boy so that he could learn to control his you said this right before we started without good men who suffers the most women 100 the women and children without good men who suffers the most and, and so what you're in essence you're saying if we if you had to choose to solve the the issue of manhood or choose to solve the issue of womanhood you would have a greater impact on society and culture if you helped men become men. That would that would bless the world in so many ways than if you just focused on uh, the needs of children or the needs of women. Like like getting men right changes so much for everyone. For everybody, it makes a good world, which is why I think that God has chosen to um, identify Himself as male. Because who are we going to listen to? We listen to our fathers. Who are our fathers listening to? Well, they're listening to their fathers. Well, it goes all the way back to the Father in heaven, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It, it should. And well, we know that right. that is flawed, and we want to bring light on that and encourage men who, who are not sure or who are struggling with that to, to get with other men, to learn how to be a man, to go to the Father to learn that. Well, we, all I know is that when I was younger, I needed to be forced to learn control in my life. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, so, you know, to say a child is unguided, um, and, I'm, and I'm not picking on a fatherless child, but uh, it could be an absent father, but if there is not a male influence in that child's life, he's going to be left to his own impulses. And I'm talking about a boy. Mm-hmm. And as a boy, I remember having impulses that were dangerous, I mean, I just did dangerous things, not realizing they were dangerous. Maybe I thought they were challenging or whatever, but it was part of being a boy. I couldn't, I could not um, deny it. So this <laughs> happened yesterday. This is actually perfect. So Casey and I were getting getting this idea for this podcast, and we had our kids in the other room, and all of a sudden, my son comes running down the hall, just wailing, crying, and he was trying to catch his breath. He was, <gasps> I was like, what is going on? And he was like, Nathaniel kicked me in the stomach. I can't breathe. Da, da, da. So we stopped and we, we tried to unpack what happened in the scene and the scenario. And it ended well. They were fine. But Nathaniel was sitting in here and he was heartbroken and he was upset and he felt embarrassed. And we got to encourage him say, hey, like what, what went on? And he's like, well, we were wrestling and, you know, I don't know. We don't truly know what happened. But at the end of it, my son was gasping for air because he had a foot in his stomach. <laughs> but we got to say, Nate, that's good for boys to wrestle. It's good to figure out what's too far, what's not enough, because one day your job is going to be protect your family. Right. And you need to understand what you're capable of, how to control it, when to bridle it, when to let it loose. Like You need to understand that and let God temper that or open it up. But now is the training ground for that. But see, unless they unless they understand and are guided, my son might have got angry and went back and swung at the fate. Like it needs guided by good men. You're saying boys have that impulse yes, naturally. It's constantly. in it's in them, and it's an impulse that we should not try to suppress, but rather train and guide Lead. because it is essential to adulthood. It's essential be, to becoming a, a, a married husband and a, and a father figure is knowing how to protect and defend and, and makes a home secure. Like that's just part of it. It's in it, right? Um, so, so we want a world that we want far less murder, rape, child abuse, theft, 
That's the kind of world we want. Everyone wants that. That's right. Everyone wants and that. So, and so how do you have that kind of world? Well, I'll tell you how. You have good men in that world. And good men teaching their young men to do the same. And when fathers are absent, then everything goes off the rails. Okay. And, that's, and that's my point. Casey, I'm, I'm going to ask you on here so that way hopefully we remember. There's this really cool link that we sent out to you, and I want to see if we can somehow get it on this podcast so we can watch it. But I saw this news article maybe a year ago, two years ago. This school was blowing up with crime, with fights, and kids weren't going to class. Yes. And all this thing, all these things were happening. Like, what do we do? What do we do? And they're trying to get more police officers there. And a group of dads, five, six, seven, eight dads, were like, "We're gonna, we're gonna call in work, you know, maybe skip lunch or something." And they just hung out in the halls. They did. They become security guards and they're or like, bodyguards in the hallways. To the boys, they're like, "Get to class, knock it off. What are you doing?" And they said, within days, weeks, the school, no more fights, no more shootings, no more this, no more that. Kids' grades were going up, and it was just dads loving on it like they would make like they showed videos of them in the hall and they're like what kind of haircut's that and they were they were hugging each other but like it was that male figure providing structure protection security the daughters were coming out they're like we like your hair like yes. they were loving on yeah. them the whole school was and they blessed. thrived yes. by good men just being present taking their place we talked about in the last episode romans what was it eight all, all of creation is groaning for the sons of God to take their place. Daniel took his place and saved lives. Mm-hmm. Good men need to take their place, not dismiss it, not change it when it gets hard. Don't change it when it gets hard. You don't have that opportunity. No, I was, I was my littlest boy, he's seven, and um, yesterday I was hanging out with him, and I'm, I'm grabbing him and squeezing him, and it's just a private time, just him and I, no one else was around. And so... A lot of my children, five of my children are, are recently adopted. And so when I get alone with them, I try to tell them, I try to tell them who they are, right? And I'll say, hey, tell me your name. And he'll tell me his new name, you know, he'll, he'll mention it and he'll add my last name, Wilson, to it. And I'm like, good, he's starting to figure out his identity. And then I'm like, what are you? Like, who are you to me? And he goes, I'm your son. I go, what does it mean to be a son? And I asked him this. That's huge. What and, did he say? And so his answer was so good. And he said, it means that you you keep me safe and make me happy. And I looked at him. I said, that's right. That's my role as a dad, to keep you safe and make me happy. And for a child, like, like I haven't even taught him these principles. But what does he want? He wants to be protected and then emotionally provided for. Protect me, make me safe. Give me a world that's enjoyable. Give me that as a kid. And I'm like, sweet, you got it. Like, you got it. That's my role. You're my son, and that's my job. And that essence, that quality is something that is just, it's a masculine quality. It's what's got, what God has given to Adam in the beginning. It's why Jesus came as the Savior, as a male. He came to restore us to God, to, to save us, to rescue us, to make things safe again, right? But then to provide an environment for everyone else to be happy and enjoy and have purpose and direction. Like, that's what he came and did. That is awesome. And, and we are sitting in this world where we're trying to erase that, change that, make everyone do the same stuff. We're losing beauty. We're losing that essence of love, of give and take, receive, that wonder of relationship. It's all being gone, stripped from us because we are afraid to, to trust God and the systems that he's created, believe God, you know, that, that his world and the way he defined it is right and that we should change to his will and rather than chase our will and our understanding. And so it was 
anyway, it was just an awesome time with my son where he was reflecting back and, and it was right on par with, with what I wanted him to, to feel and know. So, so, so one of the things that changed me from a non-believer to a believer was just the thing that you just touched on. So, um, when I was younger, I was like 34 years old. Um, I had gone through some really bad times and I didn't, I could not figure out my way out. I, I couldn't figure out how to find success and I realized that I not only was not happy, but I couldn't figure out what could make me happy. I mean, it just, I mean, I tried many, many different things and none of them we can say on the air, but the point is, <laughs> is that they only made me happy for a little while, but they were just temporary. And then eventually I realized that they were destructive in, in real life. So um, I didn't want to have those things. So... Um, what God did put in each and every one of us is not only a creativity, which is one of the things that you were talking about, but he also gave us a desire to work like Adam. You know, he gave him everything under the sun. Adam was put in this garden to work it. And what did that do? That gave him meaning and purpose. That gave him, and that's what made him happy. So I realized that I needed meaning, I needed purpose, I needed to know, am I significant? Right. Am, am I, you know, am I important? Because I, at this stage of my life, I don't even know that I'm important or not. And so those were questions that I had to wrestle with, and they were all precipices that basically led me to, to faith. So let me ask you guys a few questions, because this might help flesh out this whole difference between male and female and white. So... Uh, this essence behind, you know, the, the roles, cause this isn't about, this isn't just about roles, what we're talking about. This isn't just about who should barbecue and who should, you know, bake cookies. That's, that's not what this is about. Okay. Now men and women take on different roles, but there's something behind that. There's this essence behind nature. it that we're after. It's your nature. It's this God given nature. And so gentlemen, is there things that you teach or require of your sons that necessarily you don't, you don't as strongly emphasize with your girls? Do you understand what I'm saying? Is there, is there a weight that you put on your boys that is not the same weight that you put on your girls as you as you raise them. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, my girls are. What are they like? They're emotional. They're <laughs> they're wrapped up in that, and that runs their world when they're little. You know, everything is about emotions, and and they have to navigate that that incredible map mm-hmm. of of reality and emotions. And our sons don't, they don't feel the, I mean, they have the same emotions, but they're not guided by those emotions as much because they're more realistic. And I always attribute it again back to the creation that when God created man, he created him from the dust of the ground. Yeah. He made him earthy. He made him, not to sound, you know, a little prejudiced, but he made him more realistic and in other words, to look at life from a realistic point of view, not from your emotions, because your emotions are good, but they're not to dominate you. Now, little girls were different. They seem to, especially when they're little, they seem to run on emotions. That's mm-hmm. it's everything is emotion based, and we literally have to train our children, our little girls, not to rely so much on their emotions. 
And what's cool with that is, and this goes back into one's not greater than the other, but when you when you look at the emotional health of a house and the love there, the, the, the aim is that the man will set the protection and the structure, but the woman comes in and she sees when the husband comes home and he's exhausted. She wants to feed him. She sees when a daughter needs to go on a, a get her toenails done. She sees when the son is feels defeated and she wants to like she feels the emotional pulse of a house. Like she could almost read their minds. Better than right. a lot of times not that men can't, but naturally she's more in tune with that right. because yeah. of she, her of her nurturing nature. Exactly. Right. And then the man comes home and he sees, you know, okay, this needs to be fixed. Exactly. I come home and my front door <laughs> was broken, lo- luckily broken, locked. Like it broke when it was locked. Our garage door opener broke and stayed open. So I'm like, okay, like I have three different entry points in my house that are broken and I can't lock and I cannot protect my family. Right. And I'm seeing that. Esri is learning from mom how to tidy, how to make, look, dad, I put this tree with big leaves near the sunlight and it looks pretty. And I'm like, oh. and I'm like okay, I forget what she's doing. <laughs> but like naturally they're doing those things. So I'm teaching my son, like every night I'll go and pray over all the doors. I'll lock all the doors, pray over all the doors. Reed goes with me a lot of nights. Esri's not doing that. Esri's tidying up the house. She's, you know, getting, doing her face routine and, and talking with mom. So there's different things by nature that I'm teaching my son. You are to pursue God. You are to protect. You are to see if everybody's okay. Can you alleviate stress off of the family? Is mom stressed? Okay, help do dishes. Help clean up. Carry some weight. So you, so you're saying in a very natural way, if you had to tell your boy or your girl to go lock up the house and close down things for the night, you're not going to go to Esri and say, hey, go check the cars, check the doors, go outside, not walk the all. building, lock the doors. Not that she's not capable. but Totally capable. Yes. Totally but she's not the one you train. No. Right. Not at all. Because that's not her specialty. Mm-mm. And in doing so, this is the beauty, in doing so, the man fulfills what he was created to do. He feels like he's significant. He protected his family that night. And the woman or the daughter feels like, wow, I was loved. Even, you just took care of me. You, and you, you made sure I was safe. You And I'm, I'm teaching my daughter the other role as well, so she knows what to look for in a man. So we went on a we went on a little date. Like I had an hour. We went and got yogurt. We went to these different shops. And she was walking, and we just walked out of the store. And she grabbed my hand, and she's walking on the right side, and the road's there. And I switched with her real quick. She goes, "Why'd you switch?" I said, "I said you don't have a purse, but if you have a purse and you're walking by, someone could just yank it and go. Someone could grab you in a car and go. Not to scare her, but I'm like I'm between you and the danger. I am the barrier there. Reed will do this. Reed should be doing this when all four of us are walking. And you can right. tell she's like." Okay, wow. And what what does she do? She switched sides. She grabbed my hand tight and just felt just felt good. Like she was overcome with a big smile and like squealed, you know, the the girly feelings with that. But you're you're providing security for them to thrive. You've said this a million times, Casey, but if you look at most and it doesn't mean that the women can't do it, but most men, if you go they're going to build the house. They're going to lay the foundation. They're going to put the walls up. The trusses for the roof. Right. Very rarely do they're like, hey, we're going to put this picture here. We're going to put a plant here. This couch looks great here. We can entertain like this. Like, It's not that they can't, but the woman comes in and makes the home beautiful. The man provides the shelter, the protection, the safety of it, makes sure that the walls aren't falling in. Right, and even even what God has made us, the biological differences that we have, the disproportion of strength to men compared to women, serves that logical, structural, created world, right? And the way that a woman is 
is created. She's more emotional. She's more in tune. She's more keen. She's more apt to discern different feelings and things and the needs of a, of a room. Like that serves that part of the world that we live in. It's what what compliments or what makes something beautiful. When people come over to my house, they never say, wow, look how good this house is built. <laughs> they say, look how beautiful how this beautiful is. How beautiful it is. And that's not... Travis's Lord no. <laughs> and and so that's that's a beautiful thing to say. That's a wonderful thing to say to your wife. But you've done a heck of a lot of work behind the scenes to make sure that you could buy that house, pay that mortgage, secure that home, make it functional so that way your your wife could to could flourish, right? Exactly. Exactly. And, and so that's what we're what we're saying as saying is is that there is this is not a discussion of, you know, I'm a man just because of my body parts. I'm not, it, that's not the sole reason. My body parts are part of what God has made me to be and how I fulfill my purpose. It's why I'm shaped the way I am. This is not to say that women should not be strong. No. Women, absolutely be strong. But just like we were saying earlier, tell, tell that part of your story about <clears throat> about Rosie the Riveter and that, that what took place there, how, well, how you fleshed that out with us a moment ago. Okay, so... Uh, history tells us, of course, that during World War II, uh, America was all in because they had been attacked. And so the President of the United States, you know, basically uh, rallied everybody up. And so, uh, you know, being uh, enlisted into the service was not even a problem because people, men, were waiting in line to, uh, to enlist into the military because we needed to protect our country. And so the call was on. And so uh, patriotism was at a fervor, and, uh, and everybody was worried uh, about where this would go. But it didn't stop the men. The, and, I'm, and I'm saying, you know, all men, but even the young men, the young men clamored, were disappointed when they were turned away because they were 16 or 17 right. years old. It and, was a shame. And it was, it was like they couldn't do their part, and yeah. yet they knew they were men or could be a man if with a little bit of training. And so anyway, so the men went, and while the men were gone, uh, what happened in the factories? Well, the war machine needed to be built, planes, uh, ships, whatever. And so obviously there was only um, women to be able to do the work that men did typically. And so what did they do? They learned how to do it. I mean, men, men weren't there. They were doing, they were off at a war. But women had to, what, change roles. They had to become like men, not, not physically, but they had to uh, work through their physical limitations. And so, and they did a fantastic job. They because, jumped on the factory lines. That's right. They yeah. got on the factory lines. They, they were Rosie the Riveter. They, they did things they never thought they could ever do, but Pumped they had the to machine. learn how to do those things. And there were enough men in those factories to be able to teach and show them. And so, and, and what was the point? Well, there was no prejudice. I mean, there might have been in the beginning, but what they needed is they needed planes, they needed bullets, they needed, you know, guns, they needed things, and they needed to get them. Why did the women volunteer to do this? Because they had children. Right. And so now they're doing double duty. They're not only taking care of figuring out how to take care of my kids at home, but I've also got to do my part so that my husband will come home. Right. And that was the key. My husband's got to come home, and the only way I'm going to feel good about this at night is if I'm doing my bit. Right. And so post that, we, we, we briefly talked about how after that, the, the desire for women to stay in the industrial complex and stay into that world and work the factory lines continued. 
And there was this separation between the family and the work world, right? Where we're going to invite everyone into it full time now and expect expect the same from the men and expect the same from the world, women, when it came to uh, work and production. Sure. Industry uh, just wants to make money, of course, and that's what it's driven by. And so they saw the advantage of having women and men knowing how to do whatever it is that they needed to do. And so they could make bigger plants and they could have more people working on the assembly lines or whatever and and doing the things and double the amount of profit. And this is what industry does. So what they did is they went on a plan to convince American women, listen, you don't you don't need to be home. You could rent your kid out to somebody else who could take care of your kid and you could still keep your job. And look at it this way. You'd have double the income and you'd be able to maybe purchase some of those luxuries that are too expensive for you to buy if you stayed at home. Single family, yeah. So, yeah. So, so, we, bought so a, we bought a lie. That's right. But in the beginning of it, if you look at it, it was set up in God's order to an extent. The men went out to battle the wife, the helpmate, the the order and the structure, like they were able to empower their men to be able to do more to then protect themselves, to then come home and provide and be there in love. So they were stepping into a role to further help their men take care of them. Mm-hmm. And it was a beautiful thing. Right. And, yeah. it was, but then, and it was a support role. Yeah. That's exactly. the whole point. Exactly. And then and then Satan pitched well, a lovely well, and pitch. Sure, and then, now we we live at a time where it's almost acceptable or expected for women to go and die on the battlefield just like the men. And in doing so, I think you lose the value of love and sacrifice in that. Well, uh, I, I think, too, that the woman loses her value because, yes. because she's, she's given up her role as a, as a woman, which is incredible, and she's kind of substituted it by t- trying to take on the role of a man. Right. So you're saying, like, don't trade womanhood for like don't find your value in the workplace find your value right. in god made me as a woman uniquely to create and raise the next generation am i going to work in that absolutely right. am i going to build am i going to teach so many things to my kids is it wrong for a woman to get out and teach her boy how to garden or to uh you know how to work on things not at all That's right. not at all but we don't forsake the family in pursuit of the of, of the business world, we don't we don't put business in front of family. Keep family, raise it, make it help, healthy, and and get out and and build this this world that God wants us to build. But do it together. Yeah, single family moms they really have a whole different uh, yeah. dynamic, yeah. and they're they're really having a tough time. But oh. but when you have a, a married couple and they have kids, and they. Um, ship their kids off to a daycare center and that kind of thing so that mom can work and supply the income. I can't tell you how many families that Olga and I have counseled to say, why are you doing that? Like what, what, how much are you really getting? Because like you have to pay taxes on all that extra income and, and then you have to pay for gas, for travel, and you have to do all these extra things. And it, from the money that you were making in your second, you know, in this second job that you have, which you're not a lawyer, but you're, you know, just a worker like a secretary or whatever, um, you're not making that much money. You're really just staying away from your kids. Yeah. And the sacrifice was far too great than you just to cinch up your belt a little bit and pray and ask God to uh, give your family the resources it needs to to move on, and you're going to benefit your children more than you could ever possibly imagine. So guys, um, 
this was a this was one of many parts on what it is to be a man. What is the mission of the man? Some character traits of the man, and we want to dive into that. And then obviously have our have our wives on and, and hit the flip side of this coin as well. But this is one of many parts, and we just wanted to zoom out and kind of hit the foundational piece, expose some things that is not truthful. What is a man? What does God say a man is? And then kind of start mapping out a course of what this looks like and how to how to grow in being a man. Yeah, and if I could just say anything, uh, you know, we we ex- we want to value what God values. Okay, we we are we're not standing here in this room as men trying to tell the world how to become more masculine or do it the way that we do it. We're we're gathered together to speak on this podcast because God's word and God's authority is the thing that we're trying to come under and live up to. It's a better life. It's a happier life. It's a more enjoyable life. It's a better structure for life. It's something that's far more fruitful, and 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 as we conform to it, life gets better. And so if you have any questions regarding, you know, guys, should a woman work? Should I be in the workplace? If you have any clarity that you need on what we're talking about, please write in, you know, send emails or write questions and get back to us. The thing that we're fighting for is restoring families, because when you restore families, you change the community. And at the heart of the family is the man. And so we want to chase him down and build him up and encourage him and let him know it's good to be a man. It's good to be a woman live out this God-ordained plan that he has made for us. Thank you for listening to the Kavod Family Podcast. Please like, share, and leave us a review. If you've enjoyed this content, or if you're familiar with some of our programs and partners in the Kavod Family Network, please consider becoming a donor at Kavod Family slash donation. God is in the process of restoring all things to himself. That begins with the person. That person is part of a family, and that family belongs to a community. Vote Family is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry.